repetitive sitting and sitting in, in a way where we're more sat on our glutes that we start to ch essentially change the shape of our spine. Um, and you'll notice when you when kids are sat on the floor, they're sat bolt upright. If you ever see a little child sitting on the mm. floor, you'll notice they're sitting on their legs, they're not sitting on their glutes. Welcome to Forever Young, the health and well-being podcast from Lanzerhof. My name is Mario Pedazzoli, and in every episode, join me in conversation with a variety of health experts and special guests as we explore what it means to live well. We may not find the secret to eternal youth, but join me on our quest as we explore just what it means to live a balanced, healthy and happy life. Hello again and welcome. Well, it's fair to say that modern day habits and lifestyles really do have a lot to answer for. We can all relate to hunching over our phones and computer screens for many hours every day. We can relate to sitting for long periods at a time at our desks, only to head home to then sit on our sofas. And this lifestyle causes aches and stiffness to our bodies, particularly to the spine. Many of us even wake up with aches and pains for no apparent reason. And even though we're encouraged to move, the focus tends to be on the quantity and not the quality of our movement. Think 10,000 steps per day, all measured by our wearable tech. And many runners, for example, well, they may even struggle to touch their toes. And due to the sedentary nature of our modern life, it stands to reason that our muscles and joints are destined to slowly tighten over time. And before we know it, we realize that we can't sit comfortably in a squat, touch our toes, or get up from sitting on the floor without using our hands. Well, to me at least, this all sounds scarily familiar. Uh, and in life, if we don't use the movement, we lose the movement. But all is not lost, help is at hand. On this week's show, we welcome movement coach Roger Frampton, to tell us about the importance and the benefits of conscious movement. Roger speaks from personal experience as he transformed his inflexible and stiff former self into the stretch and mobility master he is today. I think he likes that title. Uh, Roger has developed the Frampton Method, supporting clients to combat loss of functionality through his flexibility and mobility workshops. Roger is also the author of two books and his TED Talk, why Sitting Down Destroys You, has been viewed over four million times. Well, I think you're on to something, Roger. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for that lovely intro also. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, look, four, in fact, I did check this morning, 4.6 million views. You happy with that? It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was uh, obviously quite timely. I think it speaks volumes for the stiffening nation that, that, that we are, uh, that you, you've got such an audience. So um, I think it chimes with all of us. Uh, so I did read in reading around the subject and researching you that uh, you compared your stretching routines to brushing your teeth twice a day at the start and the end of the day. So have you stretched this morning? Um, I'm stretching. Have you, have you brushed your teeth this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I have brushed my teeth. <laughs> I have brushed my teeth this morning. Uh, yeah, I, I, I compared it. And yeah, by the way, I am currently sitting on the floor. So I'm, 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 I'm stretching at this very second. Yes. And um, we, can, we can definitely talk about that. And um, yeah, I, I compare it to brushing our teeth because it's a, it's a habit. And 
our lives are really about habits and uh, I'm always talking about consistency, regularity, which is uh, repetitiveness mm -hmm. as opposed to just doing something for, you know, an hour and then not doing it again. <laughs> well, uh, you're right. Uh, this is a, a Zoom recording, so our listeners cannot see, but I can see you sitting on the floor, stretching away, uh, whilst I'm feeling very self-conscious sitting in a chair, which uh, I think we're going to talk about quite a lot today. So... Um, <laughs> Let's move on. And looking and again, researching you online, Roger, it appears that you look as if you've been a gymnast all of your life, you know, phys physically to look at you. So it's hard to imagine that there was a time where I think you even said yourself, you struggled to touch your toes. So, so what led you to embark on this transformation uh, from inflexible former self to, to this mobility master and guru that, that you are today? <laughs> <laughs> all right firstly i'm definitely not a master i'm definitely okay. not a master <laughs> well enthusiast mobility enthusiast how about that well yeah le learning learning every day learning mm -hmm. every day uh, is, is what i do not just from me but from you know the people i coach and and yeah concert i'm constantly on a journey myself to improve my movement learn more about um learn more about movement and i often get that what you said um where people think I'm in, you know, I, I have something to do with uh, gymnastics or mm. I'm uh, an ex an ex gymnast. Um, I actually, I, I modelled for 15 years from the age of like 18 uh, upwards, and mm. so I used to just do before that. I used to just do gym training, and like you know most young guys, right? You just go into the gym. Your objective is just to get bigger. Train what you see in the mirror. Yeah, you just, you just, you just, yeah. and you only train your, your, your abs. You always, you never miss chest day. Uh, you, you, you sometimes do your legs, but that's only, you know, to even yourself out. Mm -hmm. So I did, that's all I did. I didn't, flexibility was never really, really like, just, it wasn't even a thought process for me that it wasn't, it wasn't even important. It was literally just training what you look like. But then fortunately through modeling, um, I had to fit. A certain silhouette, if you like, especially in Milan, Paris, New York, the shows, all of the well, all of the guys were a thirty-eight suit, and that's that was the kind of the samples of the clothes. So my agency had a word with me, and they were like, "Listen, you're a little bit, you're a little bit big, a little bit beefy, and um, you're not going to fit this silhouette." So, you know, the type of training that you're doing won't really work. You have to keep a little bit more trim. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me down. That's kind of where it started, really. So then I started, instead of, you know, going to the uh, weights area, I started to get into body weight. And then it was through body weight. I went into an adult gymnastics class. And mm. I, I thought I was pretty strong, so I thought I'd get on fine. And, <laughs> yeah, it all fell apart because I realized <laughs> that. <laughs> I couldn't do 90% of the stuff because I'd never trained flexibility. Like I was strong. I could do a bench press. I could do a weighted squat. I could do mm -hmm. what I thought were, you know, essential movements, but I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't sit in a squat and just relax, like heels mm -hmm. down. Um, yeah. And loads of basic, what I'd now call essential flexibility, uh, just wasn't there for me. And that was, yeah, I guess in my, in my late twenties, mid to late twenties. And that so really, really that, set me off. Was that your light bulb moment then, going into that gymnastics class and realizing your limitations? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely say looking back, 
because I started to get into it, it. It wasn't like you know, one day I was doing weights and the next day I was like, right, it's all about flexibility. It was, it was a, there was definitely steps to that. And one of those steps, and probably the biggest one, was you getting into body weight. I got into like calisthenics, which is kind of like outdoor training, uh, where they do kind of gymnastic elements, but it's more like swinging around bars, and it's it's all like body weight. I used to train outdoors in uh, Primrose Hill and um, in different outdoor adult training areas in London, where mm-hmm. just essentially you're doing body weight stuff, so like pull ups, push ups. Um, all of that and then I, re- I really wanted to get into gymnastics because i was like well they're really like the masters of body weight um so i really yeah i really wanted to get into gymnastics and that's where i went to this adult gymnastics class and now that was definitely a light bulb moment because i realized you know i was severely limited it was like if you want to do you know <laughs> anything in gymnastics you have to have this base of flexibility and all gymnasts like you can't be a gymnast if you're inflexible because mm. the moves require you to be flexible and if you don't have that flexibility you're severely limited in what you can do mm. or everything becomes harder everything's more difficult and all this muscle mass is just in the way so um maybe a good time to mention that i, I think this was in your your ted talk roger but um maybe you could clarify at some point you've said you train the movement, not the muscle. And, mm. and I think uh, by, by focusing on the quality of the movement, the muscle shape and definition follows, but it's getting the movement right in the first place. Could you maybe elaborate on that? Because I, I may not have got that quite right. But no, you got it absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, so you, I always coach movements, not just to myself, but to anyone who's, anyone who's training. So, for example... Um, we have there's hundreds if not thousands of individual muscles uh within the body around these these muscles uh tissue or fascia or connective tissues essentially you could you could name all of these muscles separately but you could also say that all of these muscles are connected or in some shape or form for example if someone has back pain this could be down to uh, the position of their foot landing on the floor as they're running uh, people could have neck pain. That could be definitely something to do with the way their shoulder blades are moving. Mm. So a lot of pain in the body is is referred, and I'm kind of going slightly off track, but I'll uh, bring it back. But a lot of everything is referred, and the way I kind of see the body is we're just like one mass of tissue, and and the goal really is to get everything moving as one or everything moving in sync. So I don't really train muscles individually. And that's just because I don't see my body as loads of loads of separate muscles. I just see my body as one muscle that I'm trying to move um, yeah, in sync evenly as one uh, and not let anything go ahead um, or get ahead of itself in either direction. Mm. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and actually, have, having gone through... Well, it's a never-ending process. You, you've said that you're, you're on your own journey. But when you look back to your twenty-year-old self, and and whether it was a light bulb moment or on this journey that you've been on, how how has this transformation made you? How has it made you feel? Uh, and how do you feel today compared to back then? Um, I'd say now I definitely I feel free in my body mm. compared to how I when I when I first started this. 
Uh, I used to get like bouts of back pain and neck pain. Uh, I saw like chiropractors, uh, osteopaths. Essentially, I was like going to somebody else for the problem. So I was, yeah, I remember going to osteos, to chiropractors, and, and I'd get a different story each time. And obviously, people are giving me different stories, and that's based on their their learning and their theory, right? So if you mm. go to a chiropractor, then they like they will start to look at the bones and start to try to manipulate the bones. If you go to a physio, then they might start to look at the muscles individually. And so wherever you're going, you're getting a different story. So when I went into gymnastics, or when I went to this adult gymnastics class, it was more like, well, you can't do that with your body, and you should be able to do that with your body. Um, why don't you get that back? And then once you get that back, then see if you've still got that back pain, if you've still got your neck pain, if you've still got that knee issue. And so it really became, I became more, I guess, my own responsibility on uh, reobtaining, like I'd say, the essential movement that I was born with. Uh, because if you go to an adult, uh, if you go to an, a gymnastics class, for example, uh, you see the adult class and the kids class. And mm. you'll see all the kids, they're moving amazingly. They've got full flexibility. They can do all these incredible movements. And for them, it's just about they've just got to learn. Like, they've got to more learn the technique, but there's nothing restrictive for mm. them. Whereas the adults, they are limited in what they can do unless they reachieve uh, a level of flexibility, which mm. makes things more um, possible for them. So then it really became about, well, I could do this when I was, when I was younger. And I can't do it now. So what is the process to get that? Mm. Uh, and that's why I say get that movement back, not necessarily. So when I talk about a movement, for example, just to make it super clear for anyone, a, a movement goal for me is like being able to touch your toes. That's like a, a, a movement goal. It's attainable. It's real. There's lots of different muscles involved in that. There's the back, there's the calves, there's the hamstrings. There's the neck, there's loads of different muscles involved, but the, goal, the, but the goal is clear, which is touch your toes. And that's one of thousands of movement goals. I could say, be able to sit in a squat. Now, that could be ankles, it could be Achilles, it could be hips, mm. it could be groin, it could be back. Again, lots of different muscle groups involved, mm. but the movement is clear. I can't squat, I can squat. Maybe a lot of people feeling, well, Listening to this, uh, first of all, they can relate to all of this. Uh, that's almost certain. And secondly, they, they might be swimming a bit, thinking, "Well, wh how, where do I start?" And um, give us some advice on that, Roger. You've developed the Frampton method. Where do we start with all this? Mm. Um, I I always advise people to start on what's missing. We're we're very good at doing what we like to do, <laughs> and mm. um, we're very good at repeating the same things that we're good at. And if we're, if we're not good at something, we tend to avoid it. And this is something that's learned from, from schools, right? If in school, school is not about being, school is not about you, them teaching you how to move your body. It's about what, about finding what sport that you'll be good in and sticking to within the parameters of that sport, right? So you'll become like a tennis player or you're good at tennis. And then you will train to be a tennis player and you won't really explore any other areas mm. uh, outside of that. And you could say this with, you know, any sport, you could say that with running, you could say that with swimming. And so you only, you only stick within the parameters of that. And that's problematic in itself because you do, you're not working any other areas. 
and you become, you know, I guess, a master of one mm. because you're only focusing uh, on that. Whereas I, I'm taking an opposite approach. Firstly, my approach is this is how the human should move. This is, and we can see that from looking at kids. Um, and we can also not, not just see that from looking at kids, but looking at how primitive humans move, moved before technology and chairs and everything took over where we you know, sit around on stools and, and squat on the floor. And you can still go to you know, many countries now, you know, Asia, Eastern Europe, Africa, and you'll see humans in a much, living in a much more primitive way mm-hmm. where they are you know, squatting on the floor um, very naturally and very comfortably uh all day long so there is that argument well you know of course you know kids are more supple they have you know different bone structure so why should we be moving like kids i always point to adult examples and go well there's plenty of adult examples it's just not in the western world um it's changed slightly Mm. okay well that leads us to back, back to the ted talk which was titled why sitting down destroys you uh, and and I've also we've also heard sitting compared to the new smoking. Sitting is the new smoking. I mean, these are are these headline grabbing titles, or is there some truth in in, in these statements? Um, sorry, I actually realised I didn't finish the point before about what people can do. <laughs> so I just I'm just going to clarify that in a short sentence. Go for it. Start with start with what you can't do. And that's that's because that's always where injuries and pain will come up. So, okay. for example, if we look, if we look at movements, and I've, I've used the example of touching your toes, sit in a squat position, mm-hmm. see what's missing as opposed to what um, what you should be able to do naturally. And, and I do that through like a range of flexibility tests that people can do. Um, so you can test your flexibility in different ways, and then you really want to focus your attention on the area that is limiting the most. To so start with, what you can't do. Um, because that is going to be the most problematic. If there is a tight side, really focus um, on that. So I just wanted to, wanted to clarify that. Got it. Okay, and then let's talk about the, the yeah, why sitting down destroys you, Roger. So, yeah, this, I mean, this is an interesting one. It was, and I, we did a bit of research with this title as well, and I kept putting it out on social media, and I put different titles. Um, so, there, of course, there is that you know what title will do well on youtube because you want the most amount of people to be able to see uh, when it comes out i did i actually did my ted talk the same bit like six or seven other people um for some reason this title uh really resonated um with some people you know i, I remember at the beginning we were like uh male model gets <laughs> gets uh, gets uh, outdone by a five-year-old gymnast or so, you know you, i mean mm. like the title doesn't really matter too much but it's the context of, of what i'm saying what's important now yes. i was talking about sitting down and why sitting down destroys you but it's it's almost unfair we live in a world where we have to sit down for work technology is is in a way where where the way we work these days uh, the way offices are set up a little bit less now because more people are working from home where they have more options but the way to, it's more i would say technology um, because technology encourages the sitting down which then leads to um, sedentary lifestyles which then leads to uh, tightness in the body so definitely the sitting down part is a factor because we do it a lot 
Mm. And sitting is the new smoking. I mean, do, do, you, do you think that's overdramatic? Uh, but but it, I guess it can lead to d- disease and, and, and illness. Yeah, I, well, it's, it's a habit. It's a mm. habit. It's a hard habit to get out of if you're used mm. to doing it all the time. And that's both smoking uh, and mm. sitting. But, but really, if we break it down to what they are, they are habits where we're not. And again, you have, I have, to, you have to consider people that work in an office and uh, don't have the option to work from home or do not have the option for the standing desk. Then, of course, then they'd have to sit down all day and that's you know that's their job or you know you're a driver and you mm. you know you work long hours in a lorry or a taxi mm. you know there's certain situations where you know there isn't there isn't standing up cars or right so you have to be realistic to that situation so yeah mm. I, I, and it's key to note here because a lot of people after were like well you know and I've, I've had people, you know, from standing desk companies approach me, <laughs> and as you can imagine, and gone, yeah, you know, I would love mm-hmm. to talk. Let you know, now we really want to talk about this standing desk. And it's like, well, to replace standing, you know, to replace sitting with standing is going to lead to another problem. You're still sedentary. You're still yes, standing. That's true. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's still been, there's been a lot of research into standing for long hours and what that does for your back. Humans are evolved to move. If you want to see a human in its perfect habitat for anyone who is a parent, just watch your four-year-old playing on the ground. Mm. They'll spend lots of time on the ground. Uh, they'll not only spend lots of time on the ground, they will change position frequently. Mm. They'll go from cross-legged to a little squat, to a half squat, to kneeling, mm. to squatting. There's like about 10 or 15 different positions that they will keep flipping between. And it's just this constant movement. Unfortunately, they go to go to school at a young age and through that schooling is you need education in your brain is more important than the movement of your body so we start to drill in education and through that is attention so we need you to sit down and pay attention and stare at the screen for x amount of hours per day and that just starts to get you know ruthless as we approach you know the end of school Yes. you know 18 when you're doing you know seven eight hours sitting down very few breaks and then from that people will go into sitting down jobs so you can you can go into school you can or you can start your schooling very flexible and you come out the other end you haven't been taught how to move your body you've been taught about sports and you also have sat down for a couple of decades and <laughs> um especially these especially these days with screens and how schooling is more more technology based mm. so of course that is going to lead to um you know a, a deficit in movement and what is your advice there roger for for those of us and those that are sitting at their desks um what's the simple takeout that w- we could take from today's podcast about how to break that up what do you recommend we do so for people in different circumstances, I always recommend different things. So, mm. for example, uh, for those people working from home that do have the option of variety, um, I always say you can sit on the floor in, in multiple positions uh, like, like I am uh, right now. And I will do this for, for many Zoom calls. I will sit for periods on a chair in multiple positions, which I can uh, talk about and tell people how to do. And then also stand for some periods and walk around the house for some periods. So ideally, you're trying to mimic this variety 
concept. You're trying to get as much variety as possible. Um, for those who, you know, the option is I just have to sit down all day. There isn't the option for the sitting on the floor, the, the standing desk, and you're at the office. Uh, one of the biggest, well, there's a couple of things that I can give them straight away. First is try to sit on your legs instead of your glutes. Uh, when you sit on your glutes, your, your pelvis is in an untucked or a tucked position. Mm-hmm. And you want to ideally try to sit on your hamstrings. So if you were to try to sit on your hamstrings, it would encourage your torso would just lift upwards and you wouldn't be sat. You'd be sat you in a much kneeling? forward position. Uh, I'm trying to picture that. Do you mean kneeling on the floor, sitting back on your haunches, if you like? No, this is, this is on a chair. On the chair. Yeah, so uh, I so see, you're yes. sat on the chair right now. Okay, talk me through so this. Perfect. So you're sat on the chair right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of before you were slightly more on the, sat on your glutes, you were more yes. resting on the back of the chair. Yep. Now you're sat more on your legs. Mm-hmm. Instantly, your whole torso is now upright. As long as you can maintain sitting on your yeah. legs, it will mm-hmm. almost feel impossible to round your spine mm. whilst, whilst you're sitting on the legs. So your focus is sitting on the legs. That does a couple of things. One, it stops what people would have heard of as squashing your glutes or inactive glutes. Mm. There's, there's a lot of that in gym talk where we're trying to fire up people's glutes. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons is that as we sit on them all day. Uh, number two, you're, you're now you're not using the back of your chair. You're actually holding your body up yourself. So you're mm-hmm. using your own uh, strength and you're, you're using your spine for what it's for, to hold you upright as opposed to resting um, and allowing something else to do that for you. So you're, you're essentially here, you're mimicking sitting on a stool. Yes. And you'll yes. find you're just sat, you're sat right on the edge of the chair. And you're, it's almost like you're going to fall forwards as opposed to backwards. So mm-hmm. you've got this slight um, leverage. How does that good. feel? Yes, that feels, well, first of all, you, you, you're now, you, you're mindful of how you're sitting. And I think if you, I think that's the point, isn't it? That as long as you're conscious of how you're sitting, you can do something about it. If you just don't give it a second thought, then you, you probably will default into this horrible hunch mm. position that I know I do. So that 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 and, feels yes, much more comfortable and you, actually. And, and you probably will, and that's but you know, in ten minutes' time you'll forget, and you'll probably go back into that, and and that's mm. all good. Whenever whenever you're learning something new or something different that you're not mm. used to doing, especially if you this is you know you sat on a chair for decades and you're just used to sitting in a certain position. Mm. Um, yeah, one of the biggest hacks, and it almost mimics, um, I spoke about this lady, lady called Esther Gockley in my talk, where she's like mimic the, the posture of uh, sitting on a horse. So you've, you literally sit on your legs mm. and you can see the torso shape. Of the, and it's almost because usually whenever we're thinking about, you know, good posture or sitting upright, usually it's something to do with, we think about it, something changes in the torso. So we're actually trying to do this. But if you sit on your glutes and then try to do that, it actually just feels mm-hmm. weird. Whereas if yes. you can move through your hips, your torso changes anyway. And you do talk about the the S-shaped spine versus the J-shaped spine. I think mm. this is all related to that, isn't it? Yeah, this is super interesting. So she actually did a little bit of research in um, indigenous cultures mm. and found places where where back pain hardly exists and 
she was saying in her talk, I remember studying her talk before I did mine, because I was looking at uh, research and I really wanted to add something on, uh, which I thought was, was, was really important, because she spoke about um, in indigenous cultures, they have this J-shaped spine. And I contacted her before I did this, this talk. And I said, so, you know, when you're saying when you went to these places, because um, she didn't say in her talk, we're born with a J-shaped spine. She was talking about what she found when mm -hmm. she researched these places. Um, and then I said to her, would you say the same, you know, for, for young children? And she's like, yeah, exactly the same, because then the, the shape of the spine doesn't change. So I think we, uh, you know, so I really wanted to add that in because I think her, her talk was amazing, you know, what she was talking about. Mm. I really wanted to add it in that it was so important that people understood that this is the shape of spine that we're born with. It's mm. through repetitive sitting and sitting in, in a way where we're more sat on our glutes that we start to ch essentially change the shape of our spine. Um, and you'll notice when, you, when kids are sat on the floor, they're sat bolt upright. If you ever see a little child sitting on the floor, mm. you'll notice they're sitting on their legs. They're not sitting on their glutes because it's exhausting to sit in that way. You feel like you are falling backwards. Mm, mm. Um, but if you get an adult to try that or mimic that on the floor, mm. because of tightness, they mm. won't be able to achieve that same position. So that's why the flexibility component is so important because it's that limitation in flexibility which yes. will stop you being able to do what you should be able to do naturally. But it's all um, attainable. I think that's your point, isn't it, Roger? Because you, you, you even put up on the, on, on the screen a picture of you as, as a little child in, in that sit-squat position. Uh, and I think, you know, looking at your coaching, you can see how an adult can one day get back to that and you, you, you show progression with blocks and so on, but it is perfectly achievable and the benefits of course are many. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so important that, that people know it is achievable. And mm. um, the, the, I guess the difference between, I guess this stuff and, and what I'm talking about is, it's not, it's not, very, um, <laughs> it's not very sexy because, this, and this is what I'm meaning, in, in most gym and fitness talk, it's, there's always a very quick win. It's like six weeks till. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that sounds appealing to people. People want things quickly and they want it now, especially this day and age where we live in. Um, people want things immediately. People want things yesterday. You know, January, just, you know, everything is now, now, now. The problem with that and flexibility is they don't go together very mm -hmm. well. For example, if you went for a run today and you hadn't been running for a while and then you went, you ran the following day, you'd see that you can make an improvement very quickly. You can mm. see a very quick win. It will inspire you to run more. And you can see, actually, you know what? I can improve in my running very quickly. You could apply that same philosophy to gym training. You could do a bench press. The next day you go in, you can put a little bit more on and you'd achieve that. And you've got that quick win. Mm. Flexibility, it can't work like that. We're stretching tendons. We're stretching, you know, we're moving around the joints. It's a very delicate uh, process. And you don't want to rush this. This is mm. something that is going to improve over time. It's not going to, you're not going to see anything in a couple of weeks. You'll feel better through doing it. And I'd love to say to people, you know, six weeks and, you know, you, you're going to, you would achieve this. So I always advise when doing any of this flexibility, mobility work, when you're literally changing the shape of the way your spine is, mm. that you always look to 
long-term goals. So right now, I am 37. I am thinking about how I'm going to be moving when I'm 50. I don't care what I'm going to be moving like in six months or in a few years' time. I'm really focused right now on a decade and keeping that going. Because the, the reality is, is a lot of the conversation I have, I have mm. I've spent with people, 60s, 70s, mm. telling me it's too late. And people in their 20s, 30s, telling me they'll deal with it when they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> dealing with it <laughs> later. So yeah. I'm kind of stuck in the middle listening to two different sides of the coin. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and I think you're right. We're, we're so results focused, aren't we? And um, how long for this and how long for that? But, but you know, one year down the line, what, what progression can we expect? Let, let, let's say we're, we're, we're talking about that 50 plus person who's been sitting at the desk for all his or her life. Um, struggles to touch his toes, her toes. What, what can we expect if we're just doing a little, little and often every day? Uh, give us an idea. Yeah. If you if you are consistent, and like my my first book was based on ten minutes a day, and that's mm. really to get to hammer home the key of um, little and often, because that that is what will firstly form the habit, which is what will um, get the result. So and through that little and often, um, what can you expect? Well, firstly, the, the first thing that you should be expecting is a, a, a bigger self-awareness about how your body moves. The first time you stretch and you do mobility work, it's very slow. It's very, you have to be very self-aware. You get, or you get to become very self-aware about what's missing. You figure out a lot more about your body. Um, this is why I said at the beginning, I'm certainly not a master. Every day I figure stuff out about my body its own learned habits um through you know many years of, of you know not doing any of this i'm constantly uh, learning but yeah you you will you'll definitely see improvement it just will teach you to be very patient you'll become a more patient person and you'll become much more self-aware mm. and much more appreciative um, of, of what you're doing so as I said, it's taken me many years to not, you know, want it. And I knew, I, like, I knew that question was coming. And that's always <laughs> the question. It's, and it's from everyone, right? Everyone yeah. is like, yeah, but, but how long? But how long? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure there's famous like Kung Fu quotes where it's like, you know, <laughs> on this topic. But it's, it's, it's always that. And it's as long as it takes for you to not become immobile as you get older. And because that's really what it's about. I live, you know, in Gloucestershire. Um, you know, my neighbors are like 80, 90 in the village that I live in. And, you know, I walk around and I see broken bodies. Mm. Um, I also know in China, they're out 80, 90 year olds dancing in the parks every day, mm. taking care of their bodies. And so for me, it's not an age thing. This is a, this is, this is a culture thing. Mm -hmm. we're not we're not we're not living that way and i know yes. it's possible because there's people in other countries you know squatting in the streets at a very old age not having all the knee pain that we've got in the western world so it's definitely this is not an age thing it's not an age mm -hmm. argument it's saying mm -hmm. we can do this we know it's possible but we need people to um really start to incorporate this and not ha not do this as you know, flexibility has become that thing that, you know, you just add it on to the end of the workout. You mm -hmm. do your run and you do cover, you do a bit Token of flexibility stretch. after. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just do that, you know, the runner's stretch where you just, mm-hmm. you know, stand there with your foot, you hold your foot for a face. For me, it's the main component. It's just, mm-hmm. it's because that, that's, that's my access to my body. If I lose mm-hmm. that, then I'm, you know, my body starts to have to compensate and, and, it, and it quickly changes. You know, for example, I put up stuff sometimes on, you know, practicing balance. And it's always like, yeah, yeah, but I can balance. And it's like, yeah, I know you can now, but one day you, you won't be able to, and you really appreciate the fact that you can stand on one leg. Mm. And that's, that standing on one leg is essentially a, a, an exercise for walking. Every time you walk, you're standing on one leg, mm-hmm. standing on one leg, standing on one leg. It's so important. Um, so you just really have to appreciate the movement that you have with your body. A squat is really what's that? It's getting up out of a chair without using your hands. Mm. you know unaided and again it's something that's that you're really going to appreciate as you get older mm. um to be to be moving around unaided to be even be able to sit on the floor and get up again mm. you know without the use of a wall or something else this is this is the kind of stuff i'm dealing with with you know my clients my customers i'm dealing with you know real life situations not you know this is what you're going to look like but you know, let's make sure that you can, you know, walk unaided and you can take care of your body. If you fall over, you've got the ability to stand back up again. Uh, you, you mentioned China. There's a Chinese proverb you refer to. You are as old as your spine, uh, mm. which I think really does hit home. But can it sounds like from what you're saying, if I understood correctly, that your spine age, if you like, can be reversed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, through training and like I spoke earlier about like chiropractic and the, you know, the aim of chiropractic is to adjust your spine. For me, like the foundation of the body is, is the tissue. And if you're strong in a certain area or a certain part of your body, it literally has the ability to pull your bones and joints, uh, into a different direction or out of position. Mm. So it's through that repetitive stretching or strength whatever is required for that position to essentially change uh, how your bone structures are like the way my elbows and wrists move now is completely different to how they moved like a decade ago it's weird it's like you know i would i would years ago i would have naturally thought that there's no way that my wrists and my elbows can move in in those directions that's really fascinating roger so like the, the, the actual rotation of my shoulder and the movement of my wrists, the movement of my joints like in my hands and, and my elbows is completely different to how they used to be. I didn't used to be able to do that because there was so much tightness and limitation there. So to actually retrain that, it's almost like straight, like, <laughs> like the, the fact that I couldn't touch my toes is so like weird to me now that it's like, just through that repetition and you know mm. and you know there's there's that can go to extremes it's it's just it's it's just crazy to look at especially that you know that through that repetition like you can change the structure of your body and and the way you the way you are and that, you know, that's what i love about it it's like you actually have mm. the power to change how you hold your body how your body moves mm. um and yeah it's just yeah i find it fascinating Fascinating and uh, and inspiring, actually. And what are your biggest success stories amongst your clients, without without naming names, obviously? But uh, you, you know, what have you seen that that must be its own reward as well to see that progress? Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I'd say, well, there was a lady I mentioned in my, in my second book. Um, when I first coached her, she could stand on one leg for 10 seconds. She had some knee issues and knee operations. Um, she can now stand on one leg for a minute. And I noticed, you know, to some people who are younger who are listening, you know, as I said, you, this might not hit home for you now, but that's a big deal. That's, that's for me, that's, that's huge. That's like, um, she's mid seventies and she's, she's, you know, doing what it takes. That was through repetition, through practice. It could have been easily, she could have easily said, you know what, you, you know, this isn't for me. You know, I, I can't, I couldn't, I can't do this. I'm too old, but you know, she's got so much courage that she's, you know, she stuck to it. And that 10 seconds was 12 seconds and 20 seconds. I even had it where I basically, every time she balanced, I would just pause the clock every time she stopped until we got that minute. Hmm. And it, sometimes it would, it was 20 minutes of the session to get that minute. And it was frustrating and, you know, we had to change tactics and, and it's just, it sounds, it sounds so simple. And mm. you know this concept you can use with with anything. It's it was it took it takes resilience and it you know it almost teaches you to be like a much more you know dedicated person. But it's really mm. lovely the reward the other side, and it's and the same with that. It's crazy to see her standing on one leg now and go. I remember when it was just ten seconds. Now we can kind of laugh and joke about that. And mm. I was like, I remember when you were ten seconds, and now. You know, we'll go to the next part. Now you're gonna, you know, balance with your eyes closed, mm-hmm. and that seems that seems impossible right now. But let's take it to the extreme. Let's, you know, take it up a notch. Let's keep the body learning. So yeah, it's just stuff like that is, is simple. Or just, or it would just be like an email I get randomly, where someone says, oh, "I've been doing your thing, following your program for however long, and I just I just feel much better about myself, or I, I feel I know my body better." It's stuff like that. It's not, it's never really like, oh, you know, I look, I look great. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I find that all quite boring. It's, <laughs> it's more like, it's more like the, the, I don't know, the, the other aspect where someone feels a lot different about themselves. They're more confident in their body. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is that, that feeling and that, you know, owning their body or they couldn't do this and now they could do it and they didn't think they'd ever get to do that. The self-esteem that, that comes from it, I think you're referring to, isn't it? That, that, that people feel good about themselves and probably an enhanced quality of life too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, yeah, I used to always be about, right? I know like the, like the, the physical aspect and, you know, what it looks like and, you know, to, to get a six pack. And, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up in the fashion world. It's very visual. And... Um, yeah, it's just I don't, now I just really appreciate the little, you know, the little the little moments, which is more about you know how someone feels about themselves, and and then it's because you know as soon as they've they've seen that, as soon as they've they've got that golden nugget, that will inspire them to do it further, mm-hmm. and then also they're going to be examples. Other people are going to see them, and then they'll go, oh, okay, well actually, maybe I can do it if they can do it. Very true, and. How about you personally, Roger? What are you working on at the moment with your own personal mobility and flexibility? Is there anything, any challenges you're setting yourself or progressing towards? I'm, I'm pretty much do, yeah, do, working on everything that, that I'm not very good at, <laughs> which, is, which is definitely like, for example, um, I was walking the dog, or dogs, and when I walk the dogs, I've, I've always got this habit of throwing a ball with my right hand and my mm-hmm. left hand, it feels weird, it feels funny. And it doesn't feel right. There's a different power. There's a different feeling. 
some I'm not sure what joint moves first, but I'm trying to match that up. And I'm trying to teach my left hand what my mm-hmm. right hand is good at. Um, yeah, stuff like that I'm working on, which is like we're probably not what you'd expect. Um, I'm fascinated in learning different ways to stand up from the floor uh, without mm-hmm. using your hand because, I, again, I think it's just, you know, it's so important, you know, as, as people get older. I'm really trying to identify um, all the different separate innate positions that children sit in when they're younger. Mm-hmm how many they are and how many different combinations of them and how you can move from one to the other. Um, but for me, it's about scaling exercises. Um, and I guess that, that's my, that's my main focus. So basically, for example, for that, I'll take like an exercise in gymnastics and which is, you know, to most people looks ridiculous. And then I'll take someone who's extremely immobile that finds it problematic to sit on the floor because they get knee pain. Mm. And it's like, how can I, get them because in my head i'm getting them to this ultimate gymnast move they don't know that <laughs> right but in my head i'm like how can i get them to that and i'm like okay well first we need to do that now to do that we need to do that so it's just how many steps in between is going to get them to that and how can i scale it in a way where this is possible for anyone and everyone so i love it when someone comes up with another limitation because i'm mm. like all right okay it now becomes a game to to get around that so there's there's hope for us all roger is what you're saying wherever we are on that line or on that curve we can be that we, we can go from sitting to standing without using our hands from the floor you can if and then that's and i always say that you can if you want to and mm. uh, like and that is it's it's such a big one i, I know i noticed on um like for example i used to like when i first started this right i was like Everyone needs to do this. Flexibility is amazing. Flexibility is the best. And mobility is awesome. And now lately, I'm not, I'm not really on that. I'm just, I'm really helping the people that want the help and have literally come across the realization where they're like, I really need this in my life. Mm. Firstly, they're an absolute pleasure to work with because I'm not trying to force anything. I'm not like, you really need to do this. I don't have to convince them, right? They've already, you know, seen something that's, that's made them realize. And, um, and the fact that they want to do it makes the process a lot easier. Mm. So I'm constantly looking for people that want to make a difference and constantly not looking for people who they're just like, who don't see it. Whereas before I felt like I needed to convince, like convince the world the how world. good flexibility is. Now it's like, it's fine. Now it's like, that's cool. I get that a lot of people are not even going to resonate with this or even it's not even going to come to their attention. But some people, and, you know, I'll have it when I do a talk, a few people come up to me at the end and they'll be like, that really resonated. Or, you know, I, I can really see what you mean. And, and, do you know what I mean? and that's, oh, okay, cool. You know, I don't have to convince the other 90%. And then, I, and then I'm left with a community of people around me who really mm-hmm. see the benefit. We can have really powerful and strong conversations around it. The fact that they want to do it means that they'll actually do the work. And, um, and yeah, it's just... So, yeah, just stop convincing them, trying to convince them. <laughs> well, so it's about an attitude first. And for, for those that, that want to, you can work with them. And, uh, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that do want to, Roger. And I think you've, you, you've been really quite an inspiration today. Uh, and the good news is that uh, we will be arranging soon a workshop here at Lanzerhof at the Arts Club with Roger. 
so if you are interested, please do email us at landshoff at theartsclub.co.uk. Um, Roger, before we round off, what uh, simple takeouts will you will you give our listeners, you know, in some simple life advice as to how we go forward? Okay, sure. Um, and yeah, just on that on that last point, if you just don't want to, <laughs> try to come to the workshop anyway, and maybe <laughs> through being there, I would I would show you you'll, you'll see some stuff that you can do, and that will um, motivate. I love working with beginners, 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 people who have not even dived into this world, or you know, just or you know, maybe like a bit a little bit overwhelmed by it. I love you know working with bodies <laughs> so yeah beginner the more beginner the better because you know i love working with any limitations or any joint problems or anything because i'm always finding a way and um yeah so so even if you don't want to come down and, and then you can make the decision at the end <laughs> um yeah you know what final i don't know i'm not i'm not really good at um life advice i'm i've just become the movement guy and um i've just kind of stuck stuck with that i'm quite lucky because i love it and because i love it and i find the the topic interesting and fascinating um then it's it, it's actually become quite easy um i write about it and then whenever i'm writing about the topic um like I, I, I generally find it enjoyable whenever i'm teaching a workshop or a class i just i generally enjoy it so mm. um i guess the life advice there is you know, do find something that you enjoy mm. <laughs> if if there was anything but that's you know that's just that's just me and that's just just what i enjoy so um find your passion and it, i yeah well i excel it i guess i excel in it and i you know people go oh you know you wrote books on this it must be so hard to write a book and i was like well or a ted talk which took a year to rehearse and it's like well it's not really it wasn't it wasn't that as hard as i thought it would have been um if, if i didn't love it it would have been a lot harder put it that way and um the fact that i know and i was saying earlier you know if, if ever i get like an email for it and someone's you know been you know reading a book and you know they've, they've taken some inspiration from it and it's made a difference mm -hmm. to their life then you know little little stuff like that make it makes it it makes it worthwhile because you know like, actually what i'm saying you know is is making a difference to people out there well, Roger, um, really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, whether you're the mobility master or the movement guy, as you just described yourself, <laughs> um, I think you've uh, you've enlightened us all. And uh, and and please do come along, uh, meet Roger, and let's all uh, try his workshop uh, at a date coming soon. But Roger, thanks again. Thanks, Mario. Appreciate you having me on and uh, allowing me to to talk to your listeners and, and spread the message of movement. Cheers, Roger. We'll see you again very soon. All right. Take care. All the best.